0: that you do not take a step saying that I'm going to do only one thing for the rest of my life and I'm going to be great at
1: it. Talk Okay Please with Rajesh and with Asta. Hi everyone. Today we have a very special guest with us. He comes with an illustrious educational pedigree from IIT Madras. His qualifications do not end there. After studying computer science... He studied computational finance and multiple management programs from Cornell and Boston University. His career of over 12 years includes three startups, three ventures and consulting for over 40 companies. Guys, it's an absolute honor and privilege to introduce a very, very dear friend and a rising entrepreneur, Karthik. Hi Karthik. welcome to the show. So great to have you. So to begin with you know we would love for you to tell all our listeners about your academic and professional journey so far.
0: I, so uh, my name is Karthik so uh, speaking about adulthood and transitioning into whichever career path is primarily is a function of becoming your best self or the greatest self in a certain profession per se. Uh, for example when we were kids our agenda was to get into NASA or ISRO or IIT or AIMS. there were only three or four yeah, yeah. <laughs> because True. we are from the 1990s era, right? So people that don't is, know that much. Like I didn't know what IEDs do. I got like, into an IIT. Yeah. <laughs> so it was essentially that uh, you know you have only four or five uh, avenues, and those were the pinnacle. Yeah. So uh, that was the first step. That you know uh, something in the engineering space which is the pinnacle of, like, those days. Of course, it's at a larger level in life, it shouldn't. But, yeah, we got into IIT. Mind, we had absolutely no idea there was something known as Google, YouTube, and there is a tech revolution that is happening. That is the reason I should do computer science. That was the first step in terms of deciding just that, you know, engineering and there is only one thing which we know, work hard and get it. And there, a lot of transitions happened in IIT, after IIT per se. I was a computer science guy, so in third year, I had gone to Munich, Germany for a, Research, as a research associate to TUM, there's a university called TUM. It's the number one university in Germany. That is the phase I realized sitting in a room and coding is not for me because I'm more of an extroverted personality. I uh, play sports. I talk a lot. So that is when I decided uh, in a very funny manner, the third year summer, I sat and spoke to seniors and uh, you have your career identity crisis during that period as to what will I do? Like I don't want a job which I'll get, <laughs> but the job which I want to get is not there. So, you don't know what you want. So, either I would have made, I could have made a decision of getting into any competition job because there were a lot. So, I was clear that I don't want that after my Germany stint that this is not me. Like, it doesn't suit me. And in a very funny manner, I started watching uh, uh, Inside Job, Wall Street, and all of these movies where there are folks who, you know, private jet and hedge funds and multi million dollar <laughs> business deals, et cetera. So, I was like, okay, let me do it. This is fun. <laughs> So, that, that is when I started a combination of. Uh, so, there is, in computational finance, computational finance is a category between computer science and financial services. So, I thought know, that is where the space could be very strategic, all very no, no luck, all mathematically driven, saying that, okay, if I'm a hedge fund manager, what is the hedge fund manager salary? 250 dollars as a fresh year? Okay, great. And, uh, you know, what do you require? Computer science and finance. Computer science is already there. Let's do finance. So, I had written. In a span of two years, back-to-back, back, I wrote CFA level 1, level 2, level 3, and FRM level 1, level 2 as well. And usually oh, you shouldn't okay. write CFA when okay. you're a college graduate. Per se. I, I did that. Then I got an internship at uh, Deutsche Bank in my winter per se. Then I joined them. Then you will all this fantasy will give you a reality check, which is when you join an investment bank, uh, no matter how smart you are, no matter how hard you are, <laughs> three years you are an analyst, three years you are an associate, three years you are a VP, three years you are a uh, MD, ED, so on. that is a three-year window. No matter whatever you, it doesn't matter. That is when I decided, okay, let me do something which is uh, so. That's when I started up as well. Uh, that 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 was phase I ex- essentially started up working on a company called Ivy Learn, IvyLearn It's basically Ivy League level knowledge available or accessible to folks who are there in India. This was twenty twelve, very early. No edtech scene back then in edtech. There was only Simply Learn and two three other companies. It, it. Yeah. That's when I started working on it. Meantime, I had a full-time job. There is a $3 billion company called Posteban Sah. So it wasn't a growth. But I, like uh, any young uh, buck who is available, who is working in these cities, essentially I was focused on building a company, which is Ivy talk Then same thing. I, I reached a revenue run rate of 40, 50 lakhs. I was looking to raise funds, but nobody, there's no organized fundraising in 2012 for a, a 23-year-old kid uh, who is graduating now with no pedigree or well, not pedigree. Yeah, yeah that I'm too in
2: EdTech. This is EdTech one, but this is also before the funding frenzy began, this 2012, right? 2014, 13, 14 is when everybody was getting funded and things like that. Yeah. Uh, And I think that was the time when Sequoias of the world was just entering India. uh, Same
0: with respect to funding. We didn't even know what to do. Who should I speak to? Or what do I do? Who should I speak to? There is no organized LinkedIn or in-mails or emails or cold calling or events. Nothing. Zero. That was three, three years stretch. I shut down the company, went back to job in 2015. Before that, again, for a four month, five month stretch, me and my friend, uh, um, we started building a company called Extremity. It's extreme equity. Basically, it's a trading app. This is, again, like uh, early days of 2014, 15. Nobody knew actually what to do. We didn't know. So if you wanted to make a trading app where you can actually track everything, this was very high sophistication because it was for us, <laughs> the audience. So, like any problem which is there with a very young, silly startup founder, you are building the product for yourself, not for your consumers, right? So that was the biggest challenge. We didn't know. We wanted to trade. We were investing at the time. This was both these elections followed by people making money in the market. So you're like, okay, this is a good idea. Let's do it. Like you know, and it's very hard to build that again and try, you know, uh, copy paste. While during that stretch, everybody was building everything left, right, and center. the online, online sofas, online. Groceries on everything online, like flowers online. There were like 20 replicas, copy-paste companies which were happening at the same time. And you have to build something which is going to be very, you know, hard to build as well as very actually useful. The first part is right, but we got the second part wrong, where essentially nobody wanted it. We wanted, we went to Angel Broking, IAFL, we had meetings with them in-person meetings. This was again very early, twenty fourteen. in So there were no Zooms or media calls. Daisy as it sounds, like we I was extremely ambitious, Like I could not put it in words in the way that I wanted to get into certain companies, score certain marks, make boatloads of cash, grow financially, uh, then fame etc. will come into picture. But during this phase, what you need to keep in mind is that financials are absolutely important. That if you do not have a clear plan of understanding, it's, it's absolutely important to have wild dreams and goals and try to accomplish them even more so when you're young, but have a viable plan to it and not be driven by emotions. Because when you're young, you have a lot of emotion. So if you can find the middle ground between when you are young and you are you have higher sense of emotional maturity, or when you're old, but you still have a lot of energy, uh, then you have hit the sweet spots. That, that's something which I tell. Yeah, that was the time when I said, okay, let me go back to work. Uh, uh, then I started working in an organization called Credar. This was 2015. We had raised $15 million for Series A. Probably the largest. I, I don't know if it's second largest or largest. It was the largest in 2015 for an Indian company to raise $15 million, uh, fellow peer group, amazing peer group, me, Vitasta, a couple of other folks, uh, not a couple of other folks, actually seven to eight folks who are from very distinguished backgrounds and professions and high level of intellect. So we grew very fast. The like, first three years, we grew to a series B company at $800 million valuation, that reached a certain stage. This was the stage where like I had given everything I could. So one of the regrets I usually used to have in the early phase of my career is that now I make a very simple binary decision. If, if there is no value add, which is coming from other side, except it's financial move on, like do not waste your time. Most people join a job. They don't learn anything. It's mostly them giving it and doing foundational fundamental work. Like if you do not become a better leader, if you do do not become a better manager, or if you do not become a subject matter expert, over time, not every day needs to be excited. Third year onwards, if you're too smart for the role and there's nothing you're getting,
2: leave. No, I, I think that's a very, very important point to me, right? And and I think that that's a very good framework. I don't think I've heard people talk uh, about career in that framework where you're saying and it's very interesting that, you know, leave a job if it's only monetary, because you know, a lot of uh, I what I also see is a lot of at least The 20, the the generation that's in from the 21 to 28, which is today, right, Uh, a lot of them are highly frustrated and highly frustrated to a level where it's normalized to say that, you know, oh, it's a Monday, I hate my job, it's toxic and things like that. I also and you know, just taking a leaf out of what you said, I think a lot of it is also because they don't, they don't find anything else other than that money. You know, there's nothing that's adding value to them. Now that could be socially or professionally, which is nothing that's adding value to them. And they just are in a repetitive job and maybe a job that they don't like in the first place. Right. Uh, But instead of identifying that, they basically go and getting into a rut of saying, oh, my bosses are bad. I'm just waiting for the Saturday, Sunday to come. Uh, I think it's a very interesting framework that that you kind of put down.
1: Also, you know, uh, there's like a very funny analogy, but you know, the entire uh, the entire system, like the corporate hierarchy, the the kind of managers that we work with, it's a very kyuki kabhi kabi bahuti kind of syndrome, you know, because they went through that same uh, rigor and that you know that whatever the frustration when they were young and they were freshers, when they become managers, they don't they don't have the emotional uh, intelligence to coach or mentor the people that you know. They are working with. So they're the kind of bosses, you know, they become the exact similar replicas of the bosses that they hated when they were, you know, young professionals and when they came into the system. So I think there has not been any kind of mentoring or sensitization as to how to make the workplace more productive, like from a, from a personal intellectual uh, stimulation or growth point. Everyone is just focused on the next. Promotion, the next appraisal, the next incentive.
2: But Kartik, have you? So you 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 built teams, right, in the past at Fredar, and now uh, you're an independent, uh, you're an entrepreneur, and you're building teams. Uh, How do you see this evolving? And you know, and you've been in that era where startups were just beginning, or rather, you know. Amazon and Flipkart had just begun and so you and you worked with Credar uh, which is a very big startup or rather now it's not a startup it used to be a startup that journey how do you see you know startups where team culture has evolved primarily after the Credar phase right so uh, this is where i want to add a very
0: interesting thing which i observed in Baiju's. what is abundantly clear uh, in uh, in a large scale MNC is the clarity of thought that you need to extract productivity from your employees, but the right way. Uh, on the other side, I've worked with 30-40 other startups in different roles in terms of advisory, consulting, etc. Cetera, et cetera, right? That is where they need to work on. Is that they're optimizing for performance in a manner where a lot of it is just follow-ups. That There were four tasks. Have you done those four tasks? What is your team doing? What are they doing? more than essentially understanding that it is, if you are building at so, uh, like I I observe a lot of Silicon Valley companies and end startups which they build, the culture what they hinge on to extract maximum productivity, right, from a very business sense I am speaking, keep the humanity aside, it's you and me against some cause, it's you and me against some uh, uh, group of people, etc, cetera, etc cetera, that they have identified their framework, this happens in sports as well, like professional sports. If there is no cause for me, why would I work 12 hours a day, right? That is essentially the reason, like you are saying, I don't, I cannot pay because I don't have money. Understood. You are saying that I cannot give you too much time or space to do whatever you want and pursue your goals. Understood. Then give me something bigger than that. Don't be pretentious. Just be very, very abundantly clear that this is a problem that has to be solved by a group of 30, 40 people in this meeting room. and that Requires essentially communicating to those stakeholders saying that you are the person who owns it. You are that man or woman who is destined for dominating or doing a great job in that category. And make, make sure that the feedback happens. Like if I don't have a reason and it, it, there is no monetary add or value add or time, you don't have. Instead, they focus on saying that, okay, understood. You are here for six hours. How do we maximize your productivity? Who are your team members? How can you tell your subordinate that extract your creativity, your performance? This is your position. They're just waiting for you. That is something which I learned a lot from the you know, folks who I follow on Twitter, LinkedIn, all the US founders who are essentially building their company from scratch for the third or fourth time. Like you, like if uh, let's say I have Karthik talking to my junior Karthik, like Karthik, you are that guy. Like I know you're destined for greatness. Like, let's build this company. This is your financial part. This is your responsibility part. This is your freedom part. And I am with you throughout, What no matter whatever. happens. They go be great. Today is not a great day, go, that's okay, it doesn't matter. You, your greatness is not defined by a headache on a Tuesday afternoon, right? That is essentially what people need to do. If I don't have a purpose, the, that is essentially what we are lacking in our adulthood, most likely, right? the competitiveness. There is no competitiveness because I'm competing against the market. So everybody slacks down dramatically the other side of it is also that while i agree not every business can be built in an altruistic manner it's important that your employees or whoever it is understands that okay this is the business which you're going to make this much kind of money and you can handle this category drive sales revenue for it and you will make so and so and it is the ceiling is the limit like the sky is the limit there's no ceiling sorry yeah i meant
2: that Yeah, the way you look at life and leave the way you look at teams and organizations in general, right, it's, uh, it's very interesting, because that's not how a lot of the companies today are built. And uh, that's not how a lot of startups are also built, for that matter, even though people keep seeing this in, in the startup world, there's this entire notion of, you know, what are we building for, they never talk about revenue or profitability, the way Tata's talk about, but they will talk about, you know, we are going to change the world. And you know, there's this sense of purpose and etc. But having said that after a point of time, you know, because it's it's, it's not the true, it's not in the true sense. It's just uh, one vision statement that's there on your PPT. uh, And then that's not something that people are uh, driving or the founders are
0: driving. Larger purpose, 60-70% of the companies because most companies that have a purpose survive. If you don't have a purpose, you don't essentially survive after like 5 years or 10 years. So this is something which is a food for thought and very large number of scenarios which are essentially possible per se. But very early stage, if you're building uh, I would strongly suggest that focus on priorities which is making sure that you make your business is sustainable which is revenues or your product is worth your consumer's time. Very fluid having a very fluid mindset in terms of leadership or organizational structure essentially at a younger level would be key which i saw a lot of people uh, you know uh, i'm sure i could work on We all could work yeah
2: help me understand you know with the newer generation and your your team i'm assuming comprises of a lot of these uh, this younger talent one uh, one one is yeah, so one is the sense of purpose, right, which drives, etc. But also the people that are coming in the workforce now, right? Uh, uh, this, for whatever reason, now there are various reasons, one could be, uh, you know, certain privilege where they come from in terms of, you know, right, so you find a lot of people who get in, and then they're like, you know what, I just want to go to the Himalayas and then, you know, open up a uh, cafe and, you know, this is not what I <laughs> want to do. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was just stand up comic, and, you know, I, I just want to do slam poetry and, you know, that's not, uh, uh, that's where my heart is and that's where my passion is. So how do you kind of get that, you know, which you're working with that group of people, uh, how do you, how do you get that kind of commitment and, you know, which is long-term commitment? When we were all young,
0: right, uh, I was fairly organized in the way I, I want to lead my life in terms of taking a break and figuring it out and writing it down and stuff like that. I have so many such cases with designers more so because designers are creative people by nature. Designers are primarily that how can I be creative for a couple of hours and produce a brilliant piece of work? And the remaining six hours just goes into making sure that this two hours of work is being produced. Become a great designer in the next, or a great product manager, or a great marketer or sales guy in the next one year, two years, three years, right? After that, there are levels to this. You have to work hard. It's just a given that the day you acknowledge saying that you have to work hard to make magical things happen is the day you will understand saying that, okay, now I have clarity. So Being in touch with reality, having a clear plan of action and knowing that if you want to be LeBron James or Lewis Hamilton or Barack Obama in your or Neil Patel or Ankur Warik in your field, it's going to take a lot of time, energy, effort. And almost your life dedicated for a stretch of 10 to 12 years to make that happen.
1: Wow, that's amazing perspective, Karthik. And uh, I'm sure so many younger people in the workforce will really learn from uh, a lot of the examples that you've quoted and a lot of the insight that you've shared with us today. Thank you so much. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening in. Do like, share and subscribe for updates on new episodes. Bye.